I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. We are into the final half hour of today's episode, episode number 224, where we have covered some massive stories that quite literally may shape the trajectory of not only uh, the great state of Utah, but the country, and not to sound hyperbolic, but the world, all right? Whoever leads the, pre- uh, leads the United States of America as president is quite literally the leader of the free world, and in many regards, as goes the United States, so goes the world, and that our uh, success is very much an indicator of the success that can be expected uh, in some regions around the world. This is high-stake stuff right now. It's no surprise that the fundraising dollars uh, were setting records, and it is no surprise that the level of anxiety and stress right now is is very high, and it is because the stakes are high. And we are at a point in this storyline right now where there is a great deal of uncertainty. I would simply remind you to uh, relax and uh, allow your faith to remain in the electoral system and in the judicial system and where those two systems intersect. That's just one of many. We've also learned that here in Utah, we've got a mask mandate uh, here under which we find ourselves. Uh, It started about an hour and 37 minutes ago and will continue until, well, the foreseeable future. For the next two weeks, uh, we are asked to uh, to avoid any social gatherings with anyone outside of our immediate household. Now, what do you think about that? Uh, does that give you reason to be encouraged, or are you discouraged? Is it is it a tyrannical oppression of your freedom and all that? Or uh, do you see and accept the science which has gone into the making of those decisions? I want to leave the phones open for just a, another moment more. If you've got some real strong opinion, feel free to call in. We'll see if we can squeeze you onto the air. 801-KSL-TALK is the number. But uh, before we move on, uh, let's hear from Wenda Lee calling from Honeyville. Wenda Lee, how are you? I'm good, and you? Uh, I'm all right. I'm pleased to be speaking with you. I'm honored to listen. Uh, what's on your mind? How, how do you how do you respond to all of this? I think it's about time that we started mandating some things. I have a daughter and a son-in-law that are long haulers, and they've been long haulers since March. Had we had this in place, had we had this when we first found out about it, they might end up living longer than I do, am. But the way it attacks the immune system People just do not know about it. It. I'm sorry. I'm very emotional about uh-huh. it because I love these two people, and they've been to 20 different doctors. They're just starting the long hauler. You now, know, now, I haven't had you, somebody die. But when you say long hauler, r- remind us what that means in this context, a long hauler. That means they had COVID, and 
it has attacked their immune system to the point that their T-cells, their histamines, they can't even eat certain food, they can't sleep, they've got problems with their muscles. It is a long-term, almost like polio was, a long-term, something that they don't even know yet how they're going to take care of it. And we're not even talking about enough. I know they just started to, but there's over 100,000 people that are long haulers. Yeah. Uh, Wendell Lee, listen, I, uh, I'm sorry for what you and in particular your, your children are going through. Uh, you say they contracted it in March and they're still suffering from these lingering symptoms? Yeah, and these guys were doing 50-mile bike rides. They were runners. They, were, they can't even do it. They can't even have a glass of wine because of it, that hit, hits their histamines. Well, Wendell Lee, I'll be putting a mask on uh, to, to I'll be putting my mask on today, thinking of you and your family, and hopefully some folks listening uh, understand that uh, that this is these are the stakes, and this is how high the stakes are, and that there are real folks on the other end of uh, you know of our germs if we accidentally spread them out there unbeknownst to ourselves. Uh, one last caller before we uh, move on to some uh, political stories you might find interesting. Jacob from Orem calling, and Jacob, what do you say? Hey, so uh, I turned on my radio, and uh, when I got back in the car, and I hear you take a call and basically uh, tell a guy that he should learn to breathe through a mask when he's saying he has difficulty, well, the next caller calls you out on that, and then your response to that was then then they should find a different job. <laughs> listen, the, the challenges that we are faced with uh, in this pandemic are unprecedented, and that means that our response must also be unprecedented. This virus is is running through our community, and it is taking lives. Our response should be equally vigorous. And if we are in a position where we are unable to abide by one of these things that will quite literally save lives, we need to change our own circumstance. All right. Uh, It's not insensitive to ask someone to look out for their neighbor. And more specifically, it's not insensitive for me to ask for someone to look out for maybe grandma who lives under the same roof as you or grandpa who's got some trouble breathing or who may be 70 some odd years old, uh, deeply entrenched in a high risk category. All right. Uh, We ought to be looking out for the weak, not the strong here. Okay, those are the ones who need our help. And if our help is something that is a little uncomfortable for us to do, so be it. All right. Endure the discomfort. All right. I don't mean to get all worked up about that, but I just know that the way we're going to get through this is by sacrificing a little bit. All right. And it's not to say that we're sacrificing our freedoms. No, we don't need to do that. And we're not doing that. We're sacrificing some of the comforts that when otherwise enjoyed might threaten the lives of people we love. Man, uh, I promise you I did not intend to get all uh, worked up here this segment. In fact, the plan for this segment was going to be, and we'll continue it and we'll spill it over into the next segment and wrap up the show talking about these things, but it is uh, the, <laughs> the noise that has come from the presidential election 
and the the controversy and the back and forth. What it has done, unfortunately, it's uh, it's kind of soaked up all the air out of the room, and it has left uh, people like in my situation, you know, who are responsible for uh, you know learning about the news and sharing it with you and sharing opinions. Uh, it has led to some some difficulty in getting to all of all of the stories, and there are some good ones out there. Uh, for example, do you remember the name Ronnie Jackson? Do you remember the name Ronnie Jackson here? Let me play a little bit of audio. Maybe you'll remember. The president's overall health is excellent. His cardiac performance during his physical exam was very good. He continues to enjoy the significant long-term cardiac and overall health benefits that come from a lifetime of abstinence from tobacco and alcohol. The voice you just heard was that of Ronnie Jackson, uh, who's the former Trump White House doctor. Well, guess what? He ran for Congress and he won. Did you know that? Did you know that the president's former doctor uh, went home to his home district in Texas, ran for Congress, and in fact won? Yeah, yeah, he'll be representing a portion of Texas uh, in Congress, specifically Texas's 13th congressional district. Now, uh, these are all projections still, and everything's got to get certified. But uh, but this is one of those races, uh, you know, where the margins are wide enough you can comfortably uh, presume the. The, the outcome. In fact, that, that reminds me of, uh, I think, uh, an important text I received earlier today. I have been beating this drum that we need to be cautious in accepting uh, thus far uh, what are the you know, declared outcomes of the presidential election made by you know, various media outlets. Okay, He is the uh, projected winner, uh, Joe Biden, uh, not, not the declared winner. Uh, you know, you and I, nor the media, we don't declare winners in these races. Okay, the electoral system does that uh, on our behalf, and so I have not been calling uh, Joe Biden the president-elect, and yet I did. If you heard, I did refer to Spencer Cox as the governor-elect, and a texter, uh, I think, very appropriately pointed out, uh, you know, Lee, there's a little bit of uh, maybe some, uh, you know, some conflict there. Why is it that you are you're not referring? Uh, to Joe Biden in that sense, but uh, but Spencer Cox, you are. Well, th- there are two main distinctions. Number one, in the gubernatorial race here in the state of Utah, the margins uh, were incredibly wide. There was very little doubt at all, uh, nor were there any lawsuits filed by Mr. Peterson. And third, I think most importantly, uh, Mr. Peterson, the Democratic candidate for Congress, the Democratic nominee, uh, he conceded the race. Uh, so I, I feel uh, plenty comfortable referring to uh, Spencer Cox as the governor-elect. We're going to take a break right now. I'm already late, and I apologize. When we come back, I want to share with you some other stories to have emerged from Election Day last week, some things uh, which, due to the noise caused by the presidential election, uh, have been swept under the rug or maybe just not paid much attention to. Some good stuff coming up next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.